Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. Tell you, um, we've put a lot of defense in this spring, and um, the guy, it's been good for our offense to see it. It's been good for our defense, obviously, to see it. Um, the guys have handled the information well. Uh, he communicates well through his through his assistant coaches, and obviously with his team. It, it's it's uh, it's something now that we got to again, we got to just carry it over right into, into training camp. And, and look, he's he's might be a first time coordinator, but he's but he's been around some really good coordinators too uh, in his career, uh, just like Press has. And uh, he 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 looked and felt real comfortable out there when, when we when we did some of the I'd call it call it periods you know where there's really no no script you just go and and uh, it'll be exciting to see now once we get into, into camp and start playing some games. Uh, Doug Peterson talking about Trevor Lawrence and that offense of the Jacksonville Jaguars and I certainly you know you, you think about it from his perspective it's not like he's the first former quarterback to ever coach and so a lot of these guys probably do this, but it hits home because we're watching it right here in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence. And just some of those kind of things are interesting to hear, like whatever he just said, the call it period where there's no script, just go play. <laughs> Almost like backyard football uh, for an understanding of the offense. And he is going against a defense that we don't even know what they're going to do. So there's no way he knows what they're going to do. So that's interesting, too. And when we've been out there, by the way, the defense at times has, like, really stolen some, like, I would say if you had like a seven or eight plays, in a, they would have been the winner on like five of the seven or eight. Uh, and that's pro- probably pretty common with a new offense going in, new defense going in, defense will be ahead. We'll probably talk about that a lot come the fall and training camp because that's what usually happens. Uh, let's break away from football for a moment. All right. And uh, another setting for the golf course is, is right behind me. And, um, wow, I, I just can't get over the fact I said this yesterday in the show, and then I thought about it a couple more times. I can't get over how much golf is a topic right now and in a transcendent way, not just to golf fans. And Tiger Woods is not even part of the conversation. Not even a little bit. I can't – in the last 25 to 30 years, that's like – that doesn't happen. Like if golf is getting this much attention, then Tiger Woods is at the forefront of it most likely. And uh, maybe I should knock on Tiger's door down here. Are you in the area? Far from his house. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure that right would go well. West Palm Beach. <laughs> I'm sure you could get right up to the door and have the ability to knock. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's no gate. <laughs> maybe I should do that. Uh, but so even if you think I'm not a fan of this live golf thing at, at, at the face value of it for a lot of different reasons. But if you think about what they're doing, isn't it mission accomplished? They've already taken some of the big names and Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, and they look like they might get Bryson DeChambeau and others. They've got people to buy in, which means once you get some lead guys, followers will come behind them. I think DeChambeau and Patrick Reed are those guys that said, okay, you guys do this first and see how it goes, and then I'll go take the check too. Mm -hmm. That's the way I feel about it. Uh, I don't think they're on the forefront. I think they're kind of like, okay, that wasn't that bad for those guys, or uh, they'll get all the negative pub. I don't have to worry about it as much, and and I'll play the second one, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and take the check. And so I think that's a little going on, but that means more people will do that. So isn't it a little bit mission accomplished here by Live Golf to, one, get all the attention, two, have everybody kind of talking about it and, and seeing what's up, three, have the brand names that they have uh, playing already and coming soon, even though it's not a, a myriad of them, and their games might not be as good as their name right now. I mean, th- this thing's off to a pretty good start is what I'm trying to say. I mean, whether we like it or not, or whether you like it or not, or whether I like it or not, I would say they're off to a pretty good start. Yeah, I would say. I mean, they're they're out there. They played golf today. People showed up in the galleries. I mean, 
they're doing it, right? Uh, it's not just an idea anymore. It's now a thing, and it's a thing that's happening. And, you know, it, it, it seems to be going okay, right? And to your point, the people are talking about it. They got – hold on. I was just on their Twitter. Here we go. They have 52 tweets. They have 70,000 followers, right? So that's a pretty good ratio to have. Um, it's, a, it's a real thing. It's happening. Like you said, they've got the names. they got fans out there, and it's no longer just an idea. And I think that's the fascinating part about it, and it's going to stay in the headlines until, I guess, people stop jumping off the PGA Tour and over there. And once we kind of have full set fields, we'll have a better idea of how this is going to look going forward. But as of now, it's a thing. The golf is happening, and one of the teams is nine under par. I don't know who's on the team, but they're nine under par. Yeah, and see, I think there's confusion. Like, I mean, Ty's asking me, right? Like, how's this thing work? I, I have no idea. Okay. Yeah. We're talking about it more from a broad point of view, the idealistic nature of it, everything, how's it going to work, uh, the, the X's and O's of it. Honestly, I'm not sure I even have found myself that interested. Like, I'm not super interested to go watch Phil Mickelson play today. I'm not. I'm interested to see what it looks like, what the TV um, production looks like, what, how this th- does it look like, just another golf event, all those things. Like, that's fair. I think we're at all intrigued by that. But I'm not sitting there going, oh, I can't wait to see how Dustin Johnson does today. Like, that's not me. Maybe some people are, mm-hmm. but it's not me. And so I'm not even wrapped up in the idea of the team stuff and how I'm supposed to understand that. And I do think the they've got to be a little careful to – they're already trying to do in something new. What you got to be careful when you do something new is to do too much new and stuff that's not simplistically understood. Like, we, we don't want to think about what we watch. You know True. what I mean? yeah. And so, like – if this thing makes me think too much, I'm not really sure I want to go there. It's it's part of the problem NASCAR's had at times. Like, they try to make it a fair system. And even part like PGA Tour and the FedEx Cup standings and, and things like that. Like, if you lose the simplicity of sport, we don't want to go there, as I think the masses. And so I think this team, this league, might have to worry about that to the point where I'm not even sure I've like that will stick because it might be too confusing and it might be something you can't do at an elementary level enough. Right. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you, you, it's a, it's a good way to put it. You don't, you don't really understand what you're watching. You're probably not going to watch it and you don't really want to think about it too difficult. I will say this in terms of the watching Brent, I've seen this a lot on social media. People are really happy on how easy it was to watch it. You just go on YouTube. Boom. Free. If you have internet. Yeah, and I wonder, you know, will that be a thing too? Uh, and this right now, this this thing does not plan on making money. But I think it's fair it's to ask. Hard to at do. some point, will they plan on trying to make money? And um, so anyway, you saw some of it. Yeah. What are your overall thoughts? Give give us some. Um, again, I was driving down. I saw a little bit here and there. I've seen some reactions here or there. There are some positives. I think some of the broadcast stuff, like there's no commercials, right? Uh, no. So that's helpful because everybody loves that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, go ahead. Give us your take on, on what you saw today, and is it is it here to stay, and are there some impressive things from it? I think, look, there's, there's no doubt about it that it's not super easy to find stuff all the time, right? So, for example, the PGA Tour, if you want to watch every shot, you've got to pay ESPN Plus or you used to have to pay Amazon. That's not the case with this. You just go on YouTube, and if you have the Internet or a public library card, if that's still a thing, uh, I don't know if it is, but the point of the story is it's on YouTube, and it's free. You can just click on, watch it, and you're seeing what you're seeing. And what you're seeing is high-level golfers 
occasionally do very exciting things, right? Phil Mickelson made a long birdie putt. That was exciting. That's something you're going to see on the PGA Tour if you're watching right now. Uh, Dustin Johnson hit a pretty nice shot out of a bunker. Uh, uh, Peter Uline hit a very nice shot for Eagle. Uh, he chipped in for Eagle. So, like, it's still high-level golf. Like, don't get that twisted. It is guys that were on the PGA Tour literally last week and the European Tour and all these other high-level tours. So these guys do not suck in any stretch of the imagination. But the hardest thing for me, I guess, to wrap my head around is what are we playing for? You're playing to win, yes. But you're on a team. I already know you got paid. There's no, like, FedEx Cup situation. So the hardest thing for me to wrap my head around is, yeah, these guys are good. I like Phil. I like DJ. I'm intrigued. But what is all of this for? And that's the part that I think people are going to have a hard time watching for. Because what what is the comp... Like, what are we competing for, I guess? And that's going to be... You watch the PGA Tour because you want to see guys win and you want to know who's going to be in the FedEx Cup standings and who's going to be there at the end and be a champion. And when you look at the LIV as of now, I don't know why we're watching other than to watch golf, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of just kind of floating there, right? It's just there. Like, we're, we're playing golf more or less for fun because we know you already got paid and you're on a team, so it's just like, I don't know. Once we figure out what we're watching for, it'll be easier to watch, but right now it's just golf in its simplest form, which is still cool. Yeah, and, and again, if here's who's leading that thing? Uh, I think it's Char Schwartzel's team. Is it Schwartzel? I well, think. Is team, like, there's still an individual nature to this, right? No, it's teams. It's just team? This is, yeah, as far as I understand it. Oh, see, that, I was confused because I thought it was <laughs> – that's what I told you, but not even in the X's and O's of it. Yeah. No, I, I thought there was still – I thought I read there was still – there's like two things going on. But maybe uh, – As far no, as I, I understand it, we're just teaming, you know. So Charles Schwartzel. So I guess then this – what I was thinking of is Wyndham Clark is leading the RBC Canadian Open. Mm -hmm. And you say, who? Yeah, Wyndham. Wyndham Clark. I know. And I was wondering, I was like, okay, if these guys go side by side with each other more often than just like eight times, right? Well, you start getting to the point where you're like, Wyndham Clark is leading the PGA Tour event, but Phil Mickelson's leading the Live Golf event. Probably. You know? Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, and you just look at that lead, you know? I mean, now, meanwhile, Rory McIlroy might be three shots back, and, you know, you're Matt Fitzpatrick, Harold Varner, those are names people have heard of. Yeah, McIlroy's, what, three? He is. <laughs> that was a good guess. Yeah, was good. Uh, Tony Finau, three shots back. Um, you know, so you've got names that are right there that are in the mix, but the headline will be like, Wyndham Clark is leading. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the other headline will be like, Phil Mickelson's team or Phil Mickelson or whatever. And that might be an attraction side by side. Uh, and I wonder that. Again, that's just kind of messing around with the psyche and the golf fan. Um, one other thought here, speaking of the golf fan. The golf fan is the golf fan. But it, does this league have a chance to pull the casual in? Probably not any more than the PGA Tour does, right? Probably not anymore, no. I think you do have players that give you something that's exciting, right? But on TV... Like, I guess the question is, how much do you like watching people hit golf balls a long way on TV? 
would be my question to you. Because well, people like to see it go a long way. In person, you got DJ, he bombs. You got Phil. Obviously, you know about Phil. So there's a draw with that part of it. But on TV, as a casual, if you want to see people hit the ball a long way, if you care about that, then, yeah, you could drag those people in for sure. Well, here's the thing, okay? You know where people come from a casual perspective to watch golf? And what, when? What you got? Major championships. True. Which goes back to my point, what are we playing for? Yeah, so, like, when you have the Masters, you have all of Twitter mm -hmm. watching yeah, uh, and commenting. U.S. Open, you'll get a little bit. PGA Championship, Open Championship, it's on at a different time frame. You'll get that. Ryder Cup, you'll even get that, even though that's kind of thing into football season, so there's a little hesitation there. The only other time is Tiger Woods. Like, Mickelson doesn't even carry that kind of weight. So there's two times a PGA Tour gets, like, really a good amount of of casual sports fans and kind of transcends the golf fan. Two times. Tiger Woods doing anything and the major championships. True. And the Live Golf doesn't have that. And so in my estimation, they're not – like, there are a lot of people. Like, I know we live it in our world. We like golf, too, so, like, we even know it more or at least paying attention more. But there are a lot of people – that are like, well, what the hell are you talking about? What is live sure. golf? Mm -hmm. Like, who's Greg Norman? <laughs> you there know? you go. Like, I mean, seriously. Yeah. There, there are a lot of people like that, believe it or not. Like, there, there really are, and, and have zero interest in what's going on here. Meanwhile, like, if there was, if these guys were to come start an alternate football league, I mean, can you imagine the headlines, right, and the discussion? Sure. And going to grab, like, the Phil Mickelson of the NFL, um, Who is the Phil Mickelson of the NFL? Well, we tried this the other day, and I didn't get good feedback on it, remember? I don't think I was here. I, oh, you weren't here? I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, uh, yeah, I think maybe that was Monday. I said, like, Tebow. Nope, that's not good, Brent. Well, yeah, but the reason I said Tebow I know was why. from a name standpoint. Yeah. Is a big name, but, like, Phil's game is just, it's just what it is now, where Tebow could still play football at 33 years old. But nobody was like, his game is like, oh, my gosh. But that that's why um, I said it. Then everybody brought up, well, it's like he would be a 15-time Pro Bowler if it was Phil Mickelson. That's not, I'm getting into the now. Uh, but somebody else brought up a really good example, and now I can't remember it. Um, oh, Drew Brees. That's a good they one. brought up Drew Brees. Like, that was a good one, one mm -hmm. right, where Brees and Phil are old. Brees yeah. and Phil have – are older. Phil and uh, Drew have unbelievable resumes. Yes. And so it would be like a new rival league where Breeze, by the way, actually jokingly said he might come back this year. It's perfect. Great right? Comp, yeah. So that was a good comparison. Um, now, the problem, like, Phil still could play in this live league for, like, ten years. Drew Breeze could play for, like, two. Yeah, but he's got to get going. Yeah. But, yeah, but that, so it was an interesting comparison. And Tebow um, could be the tight end. <laughs> I was just my point was I was getting, which was a little bit taken out of context. Now I know how these athletes feel. Is uh, there you go. is is name versus game, and and again, I mean in football you got to find the thirty-something-year-old usually that can still play. Mm -hmm. uh, different than golf, and that's why it's really hard comparison, because like they are seriously getting guys that are in the twilight at best of their career. Yes, in, for the in some of their names, from Lee Westwood to Graham McDowell to Phil. And Sergio. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's interesting. All right, hey, did the PGA Tour do enough? Did they do too much? Yeah, Should um, they even have responded? No. I think, honestly, I think the PGA Tour probably should just let it sit 
right? You wait, like you kind of said it yesterday, like once they start, what'll happen? And obviously something happened, but like, I don't know. I think I would have let it sit. I think I would have let it marinate and kind of see how it plays out. But they they made their decision and they're going to suspend people and you're pretty much not coming back. I don't know if this will change. I think this will be something that you monitor. They're they're not going to move off of it for a while. But I I feel like maybe sit, let it play out, and then make your move once you know if it's a failure, right? Because after today, it didn't look horrible, right? The well, you didn't see it, but in my opinion, what Live Golf did, it didn't look fake. It didn't look artificial. It didn't look like it was putt putt expanded. It looked like golf with teams. And there is an appeal to that. And I, I don't think they're going under tomorrow. So the PGA Tour coming out immediately is like, hey, guess what? You're not coming back. Ha ha, you tried. I don't know if that was the best play because when you see this thing that looks real and feels real, now you've put that line that you, hadn't, that you had talked about that you hadn't officially done, you put that line in the sand, it's like, don't come back. And I think those guys are like, okay, this is real right now and you have guys that might flip over once they see the money so i don't i wouldn't have taken this approach if i was a pga tour i'd probably keep the idea of it out there that hey we're gonna you know we're gonna not let you come back but when you go ahead and say it you can't go back yeah so here's what the pga tour said by the way uh players competing this week without releases are suspended or otherwise no longer eligible to participate in pga tour tournament play including the president's cup this also applies to all tours sanctioned by the pga tour which includes a lot by the way the corn Ferry tour pga tour champions tour pga tour canada pga tour latino america I'll tell you this uh, though if you were on the corn Ferry tour and went to live golf you ain't going back you're rich yeah, you made a lot of money. You're right. Yeah, uh, yeah that's fine. The, the quote is this. Their participation in the Saudi League Golf Live Golf event is violation of our tournament regulations. Jay Monahan said the same fate holds true for any other players who participate in future Saudi Golf League events in violation of our regulations. These players have made their choice for their own financial-based reasons, but they can't demand the same PGA Tour membership benefits, considerations, opportunities, and platform as you. That expectation disrespects you, our fans, and our partners. And this was a letter, of course, to uh, players. Um, there are there's more to it, but that's kind of the the you know the main bullet points of it. And here, here's the thing: like I think they did a good job of leaving it open ended and not coming down crazy hard, like you're banned for life or it's five years or it's very open ended. So it gives them wiggle room, at least right now. I mean, I should say it's very open ended. I mean, it says what it says. They've been suspended, but. Suspended could mean a week. Suspended could mean two years. I think the significance of this is twofold. One, the PGA Tour never, ever publicly says anybody's suspended. So this will show you their anger at the situation. I also kind of wish the PGA Tour almost just didn't say anything and ignored it, but I don't think they could probably to their constituents, if you will, and their, their employees, which really aren't their subcontractors. They probably had to come down with something, which then again was going to come out in the public. But, like, I didn't like the optics from a, let's just say I'm a competitive standpoint, right? Like, compete with another radio station, and as soon as they act, I act. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Like I wouldn't do. I don't. I don't love the timing of it. Because what I did, what, what I think the PGA Tour did, is almost give them too much credit. If I'm on the PGA Tour side, which I kind of am here, then I would say, well, I'm definitely am here. I'd say you gave them too much credit. But as soon as the ball was struck by Dustin Johnson, I think it was. Yeah. You came out and said, 
XYZ. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, I mean, you're bigger than that. You're bigger than them. Be the bully on the block that doesn't care, in a way. Yeah. You know? But I don't know how you fully handle that with the people that you have partners with and uh, TV rights with and subcontracts that, that are pl- contractors that are playing your game, your sport, uh, at the Canadian Open today. So I guess you probably had to levy something. And they couldn't really, they didn't want to do it until a ball was struck because what if one of their guys changed their mind, right? They had to make it official. The ball being struck made it official. That, okay, game on. But I do think there's this background. I don't know if everybody's understanding kind of what I'm saying, but from a competitive standpoint, it's like, I think you gave them too much credit. And you're kind of already losing here a little bit, at least on the forefront of all this. I don't think you're going to lose long term if you're the PGA Tour, but you're losing a little bit right now because. They did get a couple of names and big names, and more are coming. And they're also got a lot of attention. And kind of you played into their attention a little bit. Um, if, if You know, sometimes ignoring the situation is better, I guess, is what I'm saying. We've been there, eh, Brent? Um, yeah, I mean, so I, I, I did, that didn't sit all well with me, although I'm, as I say that, I'm not sure they had an alternative. They probably had to act in some way, shape, or form. And uh, where this is coming. There are some people, by the way, that believe this will change the landscape of the PGA Tour as well. We talk about contracted players, right, like in the NFL, Major League Baseball. That's essentially what this is in the Live Golf League. $125 million for Dustin Johnson to play, and, well, that's before you even hit a shot. Then you can all go earn more money. Mm -hmm. Does the PGA Tour eventually have to get to that model? Or do the players even really, 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 really want that model where then they have to play 25 events a year or certain stipulations or they don't get all of their money? Because they are on a earn every paycheck by the week kind of system, yeah. but they also have liberties because of that where they can play whenever the heck they want. True. Uh, so it, I, I wonder where it goes, but I still think the tipping point, I said this yesterday and I haven't wavered, the majors will be the difference maker. Because I don't care how much money you throw at guys, you know who was wearing an Augusta shirt today in his, in his win at the Masters shirt? Phil Mickelson. The Masters means more than anything to Phil. It's true. Well, you're telling me the next generation can't play in the Masters if they go get the check? That is a big difference. Agreed. Huge difference. That will be a huge domino. It's the game All this ends yes. up uh, shaking out. So uh, we'll see. Those major championships hold a ton of weight. And Jake Monahan, no doubt behind the scenes, is trying to align with those guys. If this is a game of Survivor. He is trying to align with them. And he may have already, and we just don't know it. Uh, but we'll find out in the coming weeks, months, and, and see what happens uh, with this. Uh, we'll take a break. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, right back from South Florida here on a Thursday. It's a good question. Feels like a long time ago. A lot's happened between now and then. Um, yeah, it's just. A lot, a lot of different things. So it was a while ago. I feel like it's kind of moved past that point, to be honest. Um, but I'm happy I'm back. Happy I'm back with my teammates. And uh, it's going to be a great year. That is Tom Brady. Is it going to be a great year for the Bucks? Probably. When does the gas tank run low for Tom Brady? Probably not this year. Really? He's convinced us of that, right? And we probably should know that. But, I mean, come on, man. It's sports. Like, it goes fast. When it goes, it goes now. I don't think it's going. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, it went fast for Peyton Manning. Uh, Of course, that was injury-related. But uh, it just does seem to go. I mean, even Drew Brees dropped up pretty big. It it didn't look the same. 
Phillip Rivers didn't look the same. Is Tom Brady going to run into that? I mean, he looks invincible. I get it. Like, I know it's, there's no evidence. I understand. But the bottom line is, right now he's proving Father Time is not undefeated, which is a famous cliche. But that's not true when it comes to Tom Brady. Right. But almost everyone we see fall off the table if they hang on too long. I guess we just don't know what too long is for Tom <laughs> at not the yet. end of the day. Uh, Brent Martin, Casey Kurtz here on a Thursday Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Uh, one more quick thought. I, I just had in a commercial break about uh, the PGA Tour, this live league conversation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we want, like, like right now, doesn't it feel like we want baseball, or maybe over the last five years, like we want something more out of baseball as a fan. Sure. Or at least they think we want something more. Like, we want the game to be quicker. We want the game to be more exciting. We want bat flips and, and, and personalities and branding. Like, and maybe there's other things. Like, and I'm not saying everybody does. I'm just saying the masses seemingly do. That's where we're going. They need to appeal to more people, to the younger generation, millennials, all the rest. Everybody's got to appeal to millennials. Every business. So I feel like that's the case in Major League Baseball. Did we feel like there was a void in golf? Like, were we missing something? Mm, no, I don't think so. I think, I think golf has kind of tried to find ways to make it more fun and more appealing, right? They did uh, recently that social media thing where you get more money if you're engaging on social media, and I think there are guys that you know about their personality more than their game. Like Harry Higgs comes to mind. Like people like Harry Higgs because he's funny um, and he's tried to make golf cool. And I think they've done a good job of that. So I don't think they were lacking it, but I mean, it doesn't hurt to try something new in that. Yeah, and, by the, and by the way, I say, were we the consumer, right? I'm not worried. I understand the player, right? The player always wants to, like Russell Knox said it to us yesterday. He said, listen, people are looking at, other salaries in other sports, and they're like, whoa, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that might be some of the motivation for all this, and the Live is, League is filling that void with, here's a big amount of cash, even more than the other sports. Aaron Rodgers might want to work on his golf game even more and go play in this league. That's but true. What I'm saying is from a consumer standpoint, like, we're not missing much in football. Like, they change football around rules because they think we want more scoring and they want to keep it safer or, and they're trying to do their part or they think they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- they want more scoring in the NHL. They change the rules. NBA change the rules a little bit. Major League Baseball, I mean, they're trying to fix a lot of things. That's my best example of it. I just don't know if we were sitting there like, okay, we need more of X in golf. And, and again, I know I'm talking to the golf fan. And maybe from a casual standpoint, there's something I'm missing here because I'm not really the casual golf fan. I guess I'm more of a, I really like golf. But I just don't know what that is. Like, were we missing the team format? Well, we got it at the Zurich Classic. We have it in the President's Cup. We have it in the Ryder Cup. Like, like are we missing the team format? I, I don't. That's what they're filling up right here. So I just, from a consumer standpoint, I'm wondering what box or bucket that this thing is filling that the PGA Tour was not outside of this I guess team aspect. It's free. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm I'm kidding, but I mean, it's one of the few golf, high level golf you can watch where you don't have to pay money, right, and see people you know. But yeah, I think the team aspect is always interesting. I think after the team events, you say, I wish there was a little more of that. I don't know if like ten events 
is a little more, right? I think you'd somewhere between 10 and 1 would probably be a good spot. But, you know, there is a draw to the team part of it. I don't know if I'm out there searching for the team part of it, but I think it's a good – it was a good idea for Liv to kind of go that route with it because there are people that love the team golf aspect for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, by the way, my favorite – I think it's my favorite sporting event. Mm-hmm. I say it, and then I'm like, all right, Brent, do you really mean that? But I think I really mean it. Like, the Ryder Cup, to me, is my favorite. If they did 10 events like the Ryder Cup, I'm not sure it would be my favorite anymore. True. You know, so there's that element of it. Now, I think if they wanted to beef up the Ryder Cup, I wouldn't put it in September near football because football's got so big. Like, the Ryder Cup right now would be awesome. And you can't because of major championships. I get it. But if you put it in the summer, the Ryder Cup would be brilliant. It would be cool. And I think a lot of people would watch. More, like, definitely. Way more, I believe. Yeah. Um, so, but I'm not asking for more. Like, even the, you know, again, uh, we go all the way back to sports that are just, like, not one-offs, but uh, they're, they're, there's a rarity to them, which makes them more special. Majors already have a little bit of that. Uh, but also, like, you think about the Olympics, that used to be the thing. I actually believe, like, personally... When the Olympics started to go every two years with the Winter Olympics, Summer Olympics, instead of I think they used to be on the same cycle, I think they lost their luster a little bit. I think like that waiting period of four years made it seem more special than it is now. I think there are also a lot of other things that have gone into that mm-hmm. and why the Olympics have lost their luster uh, compared to maybe when I was a kid. And probably you never even felt this. No. But don't you even think of that in soccer? Like World Cups every four years. Yeah. And it's special. Yes. And by the way, us people that, quite frankly, don't watch soccer like hardly at all, like me, think that time of year is kind of cool. Yeah. I think on that front, like, would it be cool to have more high-level soccer in that aspect? Yes, but at the same time, you're taken away from what the World Cup is. So I think the World Cup, to your point, it's a, it, it just means more because you only get a shot every four years and – when you look at some of these guys that are going to play in the World Cup, it's like, hey, you only get so many opportunities at it. Ronaldo, Messi, these guys will probably only have this last shot at it, and both of them still need to win one. So I think that part of it just adds to the drama that you know this is probably it, especially in a sport like soccer when you're older, four years away after this is a eternity for those guys. So, yeah, I think it's it would definitely lose something if you took it out of a four-year rotation. Uh, speaking of that, yesteryear versus today a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you got the sound, Casey. I should have asked you this, and I didn't Probably. quite know if I was going to go right here. But you did you see you saw the JJ Reddick comments? Uh, yeah, I don't have it ready with Stephen A. Smith, mm-hmm. and and basically here uh, you, we don't necessarily need him. I I saw this today. I think it was actually like from yesterday. But JJ Reddick and Stephen A. Smith go at each other, and um, this was about Reddick basically sticking up for today's generation of the sport of the NBA. Because so many people, myself included, think the golden age of the last, I don't know, 40 years of NBA basketball was in the 80s and 90s. Bird, Magic, Michael Jordan, of course. The style of play, the bad boys and the Pistons, the great rivalries of the Lakers-Celtics, the dynasty of the Chicago Bulls, and stylistically the play. And then what happened in, in the NBA... Uh, again, I lived through this, like so I can actually speak to this. Yeah, you're old. Is that it got, no, it got ugly. It, it was a bad product. It wasn't something you wanted to put your arms around. 
there are very few stars. I mean, obviously, Kobe Bryant was one that evolved after the Jordan era, and then LeBron came too. But there was a gap that lacked stars, rivalries, felt quality basketball, and also, like, the image of the NBA really took a hit. Uh, Malice in the Palace and other things, by the way, didn't help. No. And so, for me, for my age, that's... For some, some never came back. It was a lot like the 94 strike in baseball where some never came back. And then there's others that watch it more from the periphery. And then, like, I have my own reasons. I mean, I probably wouldn't have watched it much anyway after Larry Bird, quite frankly, you know? Uh, so, and, and the time of my life and what I got into and all these other things. But, like, that's really, like, the short history lesson of the NBA. Well, guys like Stephen A. Smith and people that talk to the NBA, Mike Greenberg, who covered the Chicago Bulls, by the way, so has a bias. Like, he came up in this business covering the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. Like, he worked in Chicago before ESPN. And, like, there's just, like, that's when it was. Like, if I was a guy that's now 75, 80 years old, like, I would think Major League Baseball of the 40s and 50s could never be beat. And I might be right, but I might be wrong. But the NBA just changed so much over like a 15-year to 15-year standpoint. I, I think it gets referred to all the time like that's when it was good. That's when it was good. Like the old days. You could hammer somebody on a foul and not get ejected. And, and so what these guys got talking about is everybody complaining every call to the referees. Well, that bothers every fan. That every play, there's a player complaining that he got fouled. True. And so that's kind of what sparked this conversation with J.J. Redick, who's now doing some analyst work uh, for ESPN. And he, he's like, I'm so tired, basically, of everybody like, dismissing this generation of basketball and saying that is the era of basketball and that's it and we're not good enough and comparing it to that and this is why we're so bad. And I thought it was a really good take by Redick. Because to be honest with you, I also think this evolution of the game in the NBA, while I'm not near the fan I used to be, in the last 10 years, I think it has evolved into a pretty damn good product overall. I think there, is, there are so many stars littering the NBA. I can only measure this from, like, my kids. I mean, Ty watches the NBA all the time. Ty loves playing basketball. His buddies do, too. I mean, went over and watched game three last night with friends. Hmm. I mean, so I'm not sure everybody's aware, like, there's, like, the kids are on it. The kids are into it. And I think the star power has to do a lot with that. And I'm not sure the kids are complaining necessarily about the guys complaining every call or the style of play. Um, you've got an excellent style of play in a lot of ways. You've got guys like Curry and Durant and guy who plays like Tatum. And, I mean, you've got a little mixture of everything, guys that can shoot, guys that are brilliant passing. LeBron can do it all. There's a physicality to it. Now, you can't get away with anything compared to yesterday but that's in any sport right now it's almost in any walk of life i mean football used to be a lot more violent you know but we still watch it and we don't complain about two two decades ago True. versus now now the defensive guys might but overall we don't as like analysts and people that watch the game so i thought it was a fascinating conversation and listen you're not going to move me off the fact that every night i went to bed watching larry bird and that wasn't like the best sports time of my life and I don't care. I, I'm a big LeBron fan. I, I watching him play. I've become more of a fan of Curry, and I think he's brilliant. I think there's a. I have said this. I think there are more stars in the NBA than maybe ever before. 
So I'm not this crazy advocate for the NBA product, but I also acknowledge what it is, and I think it's a lot better than it was for that middle ground time where we kind of lost our way in the NBA as fans and maybe even as a product. Yeah. So I think he has a good point. Like, I think his point's good. I, I, I'm not ready to say this style and generation of basketball is better than that because there is something about, like, the 80s and 90s basketball that I'm not sure can be duplicated. Yeah, I think just... Everything evolves, right? And I think the audience changes and the target audience changes. And to your point, by the way, you could have just pulled, like, your children and see if they care about people asking for fouls every play instead of just, like, assuming. But, like, the fouls and all that stuff, like, that does bother me, but it doesn't make me not watch basketball, if that makes sense. So I think just the idea that the viewer is going to change and consistently have a changing opinion helps out the NBA in that situation. And if you're hitting the audience, you're hitting the audience, I guess. And by the way, listen, here's the deal. The whiny basketball player, in my estimation, it was born with Michael Jordan. It's a product of it. He complained about everything. Probably. And he got every call. Unconfirmed, but I'll take your word for it. Like, that's where my mind goes. Maybe it's somebody else. You know, maybe the whiny basketball is Bill Lambert because <laughs> he, he was a whiny guy. Once again, but I feel like, like if, again, if you put like an, an image in my mind of the whiny guy complaining to the refs like every play, I feel like Michael Jordan looked at the ref every play a shot didn't go in. Could be. And by the way, he helped build a whole generation of basketball players, so should we be surprised that they're all complaining every call? Probably not. Product we'll of back. what you saw. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We'll be right back. looking for the best way to do something next best opportunity for you and for me and that includes our homes right maybe it's time to sell i'm always thinking about selling how can you not these days too if you look at what maybe you could get for your home downsizing with the kids headed to college at least in my world where the next phase of life will be here in northeast florida in the next year five years ten years and down the road if you're curious like i am well, here's what you do. Do what I did. Go to opendoor.com. Don't worry about all the legwork or maybe selling your home. Just go online. It's really easy to request an offer. Thousands of people are requesting offers, and you can be the next one to do it with Opendoor at opendoor.com. When you go to opendoor.com, you answer a few questions. Seriously, like two or three minutes worth of questions. It's not a long list. Open your, Opendoor will then send you an offer if you're eligible. So when life's doors open, Opendoor will handle the house. Learn more at opendoor.com slash myoffer. You'll know how much you'll get close when you're ready everything is done online sell in a matter of days if you want skip the listing skip the staging skip the strangers in your home sell your home to open door at opendoor.com offer eligibility varies open door is represented by open door brokerage incorporated license 02061130 in california and open door brokerage llc and its other markets. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 on this Thursday. Kind of a busy sports week. It's been a lot of fun for July. You never uh, – for July, for June. You never know what you're going to get. But uh, between the golf and the football and everything else, talk a little more to Deshaun Watson coming up to football at 5. Plus, Ron Simmons, former Florida State football player and wrestler in town this weekend. What's that all about? He's going to join us on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. i got a feeling that will be a fun conversation about a lot of different things. Brent Martin, Casey Kurtz, Casey Cam is out. If you haven't checked it out on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, make sure you do that. You can always yeah. subscribe to our podcast, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. By the way, with the Casey Cam out, Casey, are you mm -hmm. going to have to, like, shave now or, or wear makeup? Or? So, yeah, it's funny. Like, I thought about that because I never do my hair right? I have hair gel that I don't use. I You're occasionally wear a hat. Yeah. 
So then, like, I got here, and I looked at my hair once we got the camera, and I was like, man, I really just got out of the shower, dried it, and went on in my life. Like, parts of it are sticking up that shouldn't be, you know, but I didn't know we were getting a cam today when I got here. So, um, you know, we'll just have to uh, maybe adjust the wardrobe a little bit and go from there. You should uh, go see what I tweeted. Uh, I still maintain Greg Norman is someone I can't get behind, and that's maybe one of the biggest reasons for this uh, opposition to this Live League. Mm-hmm. And further evidence, okay, yeah, of Greg Norman being the Greg Norman that I think he is uh, on Twitter. Not so, good, huh? Uh, I tweeted it. Uh, it's just, it's just, I don't like like saying bad. Like, you never know people, right? So, But a couple interactions sometimes speak volumes, and then other stuff supports it, and it's like, yeah, I think that's who you are, right? I mean, I haven't had a lot of multi-interactions that are bad with players. Sure. And and the level of bad, by the way, should probably be addressed by me. Like, I'm not saying like... Just wasn't ridiculously, great. Yeah, it just wasn't... You just get a bad vibe. It wasn't warm and fuzzy. It, well, not even close to warm and fuzzy. And so, like, Norman is one of those guys. Yeah. And I've always said this, like, to be honest, like, and he made his own bet like he didn't have to be like this on two occasions or three occasions or multi-occasions that I was. But Giancarlo Stanton was like this to me, like in my world. Mm-hmm. Like that's my view of Stanton. And by the way, there's been some further evidence there, too, that that might be the guy. Yeah. So like. So I, but I don't usually go there because like just because I, I feel for the athletes sometimes because I think they always have to be on. And I think there are just some days you're not on. And so you've heard it all the time, especially in your world, Casey. You know this. You used to get memorabilia and things signed. And so, like, some people just have bad days. Yeah. And if it's a one-off thing or a one-time experience, I usually will give the benefit of the doubt and been like, yeah, man, that, that probably was just a one-off thing. But, well, if I have two or three or multiple and then I hear other stories that kind of coexist with that, it's like, okay, you're, you're probably a bad dude or, or, or not the greatest yeah. dudes, you know? Um, and so in my world, in my lens, like, there are a couple people like that. Now, listen, I also had another bad experience with a golfer one time, and it's so funny, and I'm not going to say this one, because it's so funny, the story I had, like, maybe one of the worst encounters I've ever had with an athlete. Really? Yes. Wow. But if you, like, the people that I, I know a lot of people at the tour and, and through the years that know this guy way better than me and have encountered way more, and say he's awesome. Interesting. So, again, so in my world, I'm like, okay, that's a one-off thing. Like, that was a one-time thing, and it did come, like, on heels of heat competition where things weren't going his way. Sure. And so in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm willing to, like, that's, that just happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so anyway, it's just, it's pretty interesting. Uh, hey, the Lightning tonight. Yeah. Like, do they have all the momentum in the world? I mean, mm-hmm. once they started winning a couple weeks ago, they never lost. And then they took, like, what was it, nine days off or something? Yeah. And they lost two games, and now here they are again winning two. Do they have the momentum back where they might not lose again? Yeah, um, they do. I think, though, we have found out throughout the playoffs that one of the hardest things to do is win in Madison Square Garden. Like, many or very few have figured out how to do it. And if you're even somewhat decent at math like I am, two games left there, and you got to win two to move on. So, or and there's one at home as well. So the Lightning, no matter what, if they want to advance, have to figure out how to win in Madison Square Garden. Absolutely talented enough to do it. They have the better goalie, in my opinion. Um, but the Rangers have been incredible at home. So they, they do have an incredible challenge on their hands. I think they could go on a run like that. I think they're a better team. But 
recent history has shown us that it's not easy to beat New York in New York. They're going to have to do that at least once to get the job done. Who do you seriously think? I know you're rooting for the Lightning. Are the Rangers just better on paper? No, the Lightning are better. You think so? Yeah, the Rangers have a very good goalie. They don't have the best goalie. The Lightning have the best goalie. And they beat him a couple times in New York, but he's been... At lightning sharp, haha, no pun intended, but he's been incredible oh, in the last two games since then. So, I when you have the best goalie, you win. People want to say Igor Shosturkin is a better goalie. He's not. Um, and I think the Lightning have the better goalie, which is why they win the series. But the Rangers absolutely are talented, no doubt about it. I have, I have a bandwagon question when we come back, plus Deshaun Watson, okay. a couple of things that I thought of yesterday after the show that uh, I want to ask today and talk about. Uh, football at Fives coming up next. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690.